0: Listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media. I'm your host, Chris Rosvogel, and this show is sponsored by Arnitos Tequila. Here's to the shot takers, the one who ones who, like us, believe nothing great ever happens if you don't take a chance. Because that's hashtag a shot worth taking. Or Nitos, the proud sponsor of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Now, it is officially training camp season. And what we mean by that is every single day, almost every single hour, you're going to have an update or a report something new about your New Orleans Saints. And that should bring a smile to everyone's face, especially after another long off season of uncertainty. So there's a lot to talk about with the New Orleans Saints. We have a plethora of signings that will address We have the quarterback battle between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, which in my opinion is just heating up. So that should have people really excited about what's going on there. Uh, And then also Marshawn Lattimore, some training camp stars, going to talk about all that. You'll see the rundown on the right of your screen. But let's get started with the main topic, and that is the QB battle update. Now, a lot of people over the last couple of weeks have kind of tweeted, why don't the Saints name Jameis Winston the starter? Why don't they just get this over with? We know who's going to win. And I've come out here and I've said multiple times, if someone said, hey, Chris, you need to make a prediction, who are you going with? I would go with Jameis Winston if I had to make a prediction. However, I've also said many times it would kind of be foolish to call it early because these are two guys who obviously have their sets of flaws and they need a chanceable show that they've learned from their mistakes and only time will tell if they have. But so far from what you're hearing, what you're seeing on training camp, I think you're seeing a couple of the same mistakes for Taysom Hill, but also him learning from some of his mistakes, and I'll get to that in a second. And as for Jameis Winston, you're actually seeing a guy who's more willing to take the check down more on him also because I think that is a very important part to what the Saints can be if Jameis Winston gets a little bit more conservative with the way he plays the quarterback position. But the reason I tell everyone to be a little bit more, I would say, patient with this training camp battle at the quarterback position is the fact that if you set an expectation It could be disappointing if you go in and think Jameis Winston's a starter or Taysom Hill's a starter and it goes the other way, man, you're probably not going to enjoy this season. You're definitely not going to enjoy the season opener and you're going to be bummed out. So I think you have to go in with a clear mind. You have to understand that Jameis Winston has to prove that he can take care of the football and Taysom Hill has to prove that one, he stops the fumbles and two, he can make quicker decisions. And whoever shows that they've learned from their mistakes will probably end up winning this battle. So I think it's really cool. And the one thing I've loved so far is we're hearing great news about Jameis. We're also hearing sometimes that Taysom's being better in the screen game, which is something that I said, he struggles a lot and does get me nervous. So if he can get better with his timing with guys like Alvin Kamara, that will help his chances. As for Jameis Winston, you know the arm talent's there. We know the man can sling it, and he's one of those quarterbacks when he throws it. It just all looks so natural. He really is one of the, I would say, prettiest throwers of the football, if I had to put it in those terms. So there's a lot to like about Jameis Winston, and without further ado, I kind of want to talk about what Jameis Winston's done, especially this Monday. It's coming out, whether it's your favorite reporters like Nick Underhill, John Hendricks, doesn't matter who it is. They all said Jameis Winston had his best practice of training camp thus far, and arguably, and probably realistically, his best practice as a member of the New Orleans Saints, because remember, guys, Jameis Winston's getting more reps now than he did all of last year. Because one, we knew Drew Brees was going to be the starter. And two, it was his first year. You missed a lot of the offseason workout programs. So he kind of get eased into the Sean Payton offense. So Jameis had his best practice. And the thing that really stood out to me is everyone saying that he did well in all three phases of the passing attack, whether it's intermediate, whether it's your short game, whether it's uh, the vertical attack and attacking the defense on on a long pass. That's something that we know Jameis Winston can do. That's apparently something that he did in this past practice. And with Jameis, you could just tell whether it's him speaking to the media, whether it's teammates speaking about him. There's a lot of energy with Jameis Winston. So you can't help but be excited when you hear good things about, about what he does on the football field we all know when he's talking on the mic, when he's commanding your attention, he really is a guy that you can root for in that regard. So I'm really intrigued to see that. But the one thing that stands out to me, and it was something we didn't even see on Monday. We saw, I believe it was either Saturday or Friday was the fact that James Winston is more, you know, I would say accepting of the check down pass. And I know that's not the sexy play. That's not the play that you're going to go see sports center put out or you're going to see it on NFL Network, that's not the one that you're going to run back after a Saints victory and say, oh, I can't wait to see this check down that Jameis Winston had. But sometimes the check down's the right move. And I remember very clear when Teddy Bridgewater was the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback, he said Drew Brees told him completions are good. Well, it seems like Jameis Winston has kind of taken on that same philosophy that was probably passed down from Drew Brees. And if Jameis Winston can find that mix between being the guy that wants to attack the Seams but also being the guy that takes what the defense gives you. That can make the Saints offense pretty scary, guys. And remember, this is a team that is going to be without Michael Thomas for the first month of the season. They're going to need all the offensive firepower they can get. And that probably means, in terms of offensive firepower, the ideal scenario is probably with a Jameis Winston at quarterback making the right plays, and then Taysom Hill sprinkled in there as the Swiss Army knife, because we know he thrives in that role. But again, it's too early to call this camp battle, and I think it's only heating up, and we'll see what's happening. And and although he's not going to win the camp battle, I also want to give a quick shout-out to Ian Book because that is someone who people like myself were very confused by the pick. We questioned the pick, whether he was worth that uh, fourth-round pick, whether the Saints should have even drafted a quarterback. So far, it seems like Ian Book is a little bit better than we thought and a little bit ahead of schedule. And who knows, maybe a year from now, two years from now, Maybe the Saints found something obviously too early to tell, but it seems like all three, and heck, you want to throw Trevor Simeon in there, four quarterbacks came to play at camp. So if you're a Saints fan, which you guys are, if you're listening, you have to be very encouraged with what we're seeing so far. Now, I want to get to the Devontae Freeman signing because, man, that was something that was, one, unexpected, but, two, something that was really, really controversial on Twitter because when it came out that the Saints signed, former Atlanta Falcons slash former New York Giants running back Devontae Freeman. I remember Twitter was just going nuts and they weren't pleased with the signing. And I bet there's still some of you Saints fans who are still sitting here right now saying, why the hell did we sign Devontae Freeman? Well, there's a lot of reasons and I'll get to that in just a bit. But for me personally, and I've tweeted it multiple times already, I know I've gotten some pushback. I actually like the signing because guys like Devontae Freeman, who you bring in the building, first off, they're not costing you much. So it's barely affecting the cap because remember, only the top 51 contracts count. And two, you're kind of just taking them in to see if there's any gas left in the tank. And if there is, great. You can use them for the regular season. And if they're not, well, guess what? Well, just kick them off to the curb and they'll have to find another opportunity elsewhere. So there really is not much risk. Honestly, there is no risk. And there is potential reward in a guy like Devontae Freeman. Now, Freeman, the reasons that I really, really like the signing, well, I think for starters, it kind of gives the Saints more flexibility in the backfield. And I know Saints fans are going to say, well. We have Alvin Kamara, we have Latavius Murray, we have Dwayne Washington, we have Ty Montgomery. We don't really need another running back. I actually would beg to differ. I actually think that the Saints bringing in Devontae Freeman opens up a hell of a lot of opportunities for the rest of the running back room, but they also needed it. Like I am one of those people who actually thinks this were, this could be a savvy signing and not a big impact, but maybe even a small impact that could make a long difference uh, you know, for the course of a season. And what I mean by that is, With the passing attack being limited in terms of options, Alvin Kamara is probably going to have to carry the load in terms of being a receiver, in terms of doing a lot of damage in the passing game. And because of that, you're going to need other running backs to step up in the ground game. And we already know Latavius Murray could fill that void, but you probably need another guy there to help out Latavius in the backfield. And that's where Devontae Freeman comes in. I think Freeman, again, you're not going to go look at his New York Giants numbers and say, wow, 3.2 yards per carry. That is incredible. It's not. It's pedestrian. However, That is in a Jason Garrett offense that has about no funk to it. I mean, the the Jason Garrett offense is pretty bland, to say the least. And the Giants offensive line is not moving people around the way the Saints offensive line does, nor is their run scheme as advanced. So there are reasons why he struggled. However, there wasn't much opportunity there anyway in New York. So I think Freeman at age 29, I still think he's a little bit gas left in the tank. Maybe it's not a lot, but it's enough to squeeze out one season as a role player. I think the Saints can do that. but also. Not only does it allow Kamara to open up his role, it lets the Saints kind of push Time Montgomery strictly in a receiver. And when you do that, well, guess what? If Time Montgomery is going to be focusing as a receiver, an opening, there is, an opening is there at running back, now Devontae Freeman fills that void. So I'm very intrigued with this signing. I don't think it's going to, you know, in two months from now, we're going to look at it and be like, holy crap, thank God the Saints signed Devontae Freeman. But I bet there'll be a play here and there if he does make the roster that he'll be able to have an impact. And I know some people are worried and saying, well, what happens if he takes Latavius Murray's snaps? My take on this is, what if Alvin Kamara is used more as that, obviously what he's always been, that flex as a running back receiver, and someone needs to take a couple of carries from a Kamara or maybe a carry or two from a Latavius Murray. And even if it's five carries, if Freeman could give you something with those five carries, again, that is another playmaker in an offense that's going to need them So again, there's no risk for me here. I think there is potential reward for this Saints signing. And heck, if you hated Freeman as a Saints fan because he was on the Falcons, he did a lot today in his initial press conference to kind of make up for that rivalry. And it started off by him saying it's a dream come true to play for the Saints because he grew up a Saints fan. And when I hear players like that talk about this franchise in such a great manner, it kind of shows you, one, the growth that the Saints have had, and two, it shows how well-run they are in the fact that players, whether it is a former player, a current player, an opposing player, they're not going to trash you. They're just not going to. They think about that franchise in very high regard. So that was obviously encouraging. But the one quote that really stuck out with people, Devontae Freeman basically saying that every time the Falcons played the Saints, that was the Falcons' Super Bowl, other than the Super Bowl that they blew the 28-3 to loss, which I'm sure you guys have not forgotten. So... I like the Devontae Freeman signing. You guys don't have to like the Devontae Freeman signing, but I think, again, there is not much risk to it. Now, how about the Saints cornerback room? You want to talk about panicking? You want to talk about worry? There is no position group more concerning for a Saints fan right now than the cornerback position. And look, the Saints got their their cornerback one in Marshawn Lattimore, and I'll talk about him at the end of the show and why I think he is bound for a really good season. But man, across from Marshawn Lattimore, it's a bunch of question marks. Paulson well, it's too, it's too early to tell what's going on with the rookie cornerback from Stanford. Sure, Patrick Robinson's had his moments, but Patrick Robinson's also on the older side of the spectrum, and he's been getting injured of late, so that's kind of a question mark. P.J. Williams is really at his best when he is a slot corner or a safety, so I don't know if outside corner is exactly going to make Saints fans excited. I know it doesn't make me excited, so I can only imagine it doesn't for you guys. And then other options like a Brian Poole, like a C.D. Deuce, a.k.a. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, those are really nickel corners. And those are guys that you're not going to kick to the outside because they excel at being that slot cornerback. So why take them out of something they're really good at? And by really good, I mean two of the best slot corners in the league. Why take them out of that role and stick them in the outside corner? So outside cornerback is a worry. What did the, the Saints do to kind of, I guess, address that in, that issue? Well, they signed Prince of Mukamara and uh, I think it was Kavari Russell and I think Russell probably, from what I've seen and heard from people, is more of a special teams player. Prince Amukamara, however, we know what Amukamara has done in the past, but I, I, this is a signing that I don't think you could really sit there and start bragging about. I, I don't know if Amukamara a even makes the roster personally, and I, I think there's question marks about him at this stage in his career. Obviously, he's played for so many years, but this is a guy who's in his thirties now, I believe. And when you're talking about cornerbacks, they kind of fall off that cliff at that point in their career. So. This is the Saints more likely taking a flyer on a player who, if he makes the roster, great. If not, all right. But even if he does make the roster, unless Prince just balls out out of nowhere, guess what? The cornerback two spot is still a concern, and the options are kind of dwindling. I know people wanted Steven Nelson. Well, he signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. I know people wanted Richard Sherman. Well, he has legal issues to kind of sort out right now, so football is the least of his concerns. And then... Dre Kirkpatrick's been linked, Gary and Conley's been linked, but these are guys who, one, Kirkpatrick met with the team over a month ago at this point, and two, Conley, that is just speculation of the Saints-Ohio State connection. There is no definitive report that will come out and say that the Saints have been looking at Gary and Conley. That's more so a speculating and not actually knowing what might happen with that group. So the Saints cornerback room continues to be a concern. It will be an even bigger concern if and when Marshawn Lattimore gets suspended because then you have two cornerbacks that you got to figure out. And man, you don't got one cornerback. You don't got two. Oh my God. Like not having one cornerback alone in the NFL and Saints fans, you know better than anyone. That is a problem. Now imagine your starting corners are both question marks. Then you're entering scary territory. So let's just wait until we see if this Lattimore situation even gets sorted out for this season. Because right now that's still kind of up in the air. But this cornerback room is a concern, and I don't think any of the signings the Saints have made have really figured anything out. I think these are more so camp bodies than anything else. Now, that brings me to kind of a sub-question of this cornerback room and something that a lot of people hit me up and talked about over the weekend, and we had some fun debate on Twitter about it. Why haven't the Saints traded for Xavier Howard? Well, for starters, it takes two to tango, and I think you guys all know that, and I don't think that this Xavier Howard trade is something that would just happen overnight. This is going to take a while. This is an elite corner coming off the best season of his career who still has a lot of money on his current contract. It's not like he's getting paid a crappy salary. He is making a good amount of money for next season, even if he doesn't get a new deal. But one, the Dolphins haven't shown any really willingness to trade him. And two, are the Saints, and this is the most important question, are the Saints a team as currently constructed, a cornerback away from being a Super Bowl contender? I can't tell you that is a yes. I wish I could, guys, but there are also questions at receiver, questions at quarterback, questions at linebacker. So the Saints are not, maybe two, three years ago, even a year ago, a cornerback away from winning a Super Bowl, sure. But now you look at this team, I can't tell you that they are Xavier Howard trade away from winning a Super Bowl. Why is that important? Well, if the Saints trade, let's say, a first-round pick for Xavier Howard, while their cornerback room would be stacked, their secondary would be one of the best in the league, and the Saints defense would, in my opinion, be a top 10 unit in the National Football League. I don't know if that could come back to haunt them, because what if they need that first round pick for a trade up scenario for a quarterback? Who knows? I think there's just so much uncertainty that, look, I know I'm with you guys. I would love to know who is that definitive second quarterback for the whole 2021 season. I would love to know the answer, just like you guys. But unfortunately, we're still kind of left in the dark in this situation and there is no definitive answer on this roster. So until that gets sorted out, that will be the position group that I get a little bit scared about. Now, before I talk about Marshawn Lattimore, why I kind of think he's prime for a really big season, I kind of briefly want to talk about four players who I think have shown a good amount of potential in training camp. And if that turns into regular season success, that will absolutely help the Saints with their outlook, their projection for win-loss record and all that good stuff. So The first player is someone who will probably get suspended. It's Deontay Harris. Now, his suspension, looking at the history of the NFL, you're probably looking about a two-game absence, so not a crazy tough pill to swallow. Obviously unfortunate, though, because Deontay Harris is a player in training camp right now who looks really shifty, looks really good in his one-on-ones, and is a type of player who we've seen, like the wild-card weekend game against the Bears, he can make plays as a receiver. I I tweeted it out on Saturday that I I got a feeling that Deontay Harris is going to make a lot of big time plays at the wide receiver position. I know kind of people were like, well, well, duh, he's a wide receiver. A lot of Deontay's big plays, obviously, through the first two seasons of his career have been as a kick returner. So what I mean by that is I really think he is going to take that next step as being a legitimate NFL wide receiver. And he showed it against the Bears. Like I said, seven catches, 83 yards, made a big difference in the passing game. I think Deontay Harris can do that. Maybe not every single week. Obviously, that's a lot to ask for. But every other week, perhaps, I think that's a possibility. I really like this kid. I think he's getting better as a wide receiver, whether it's his route running, his separation, his release. Those are all things that he's expanding on and developing in the Saints building. So that's obviously encouraging. However, like I said, he's probably getting suspended. So someone needs to fill that void while Deontay waits for his debut for the 2021 season. And I think you look no further than Jalen McCluskey, who has been really good the last couple of days. Apparently Monday was his best practice session. And I don't want to go off one practice and be like, oh man, this is your new training camp, I guess, wonder in a sense. I know we have them every year, whether it's Emmanuel Butler or, uh, you know, little Jordan Humphrey. We've had so many of them over the years. I don't want to just crown McCleskey as a new training camp darling, but this is a player who has shown pretty good athleticism, has looked really good in individual drills, got good body control. Those are all things you want to see from a wide receiver. But I think what really helps him too is I think McCleskey could end up being a special teamer. And when you're entering the league and it's your rookie season and you're just trying to learn the ropes, there is no better way to make an NFL roster than showing that you can ball out on special teams. So McCleskey is a player that people should definitely watch. Keep on your radar. I'm not going to crown him as the training camp darling yet. I mean, we're only four practices in. So after four practices, I can't sit here and be like, guys, buy all the stock you can in Jalen McCleskey. But what I can tell you is he's a player that you want to keep an eye on. You really want to see where he can go. And I think with the uncertainty about a Michael Thomas and the uncertainty about Deontay Harris, the Saints are going to have to take on more wide receivers than we think. So whether that's Chris Hogan, whether that's Jalen McCleskey, whether that's little Jordan Humphrey, they're going to have to figure it out. And those are two guys that you're going to watch, Deontay and McCleskey, from the offense in terms of training camp stars. Two more, though, because I did say I give you four, and I'm going to go to the other side of the football. I'm going to go with the defense. And the first one's Carl Granderson. Now. Granderson has been a player that a lot of Saints fans have really had on their radar, whether it's his workouts, whether it's Sean Payton just saying he looks great and he's added on strength and and muscle and he looks great. There are so many ways to kind of break down why you could think Carl Granderson could have a great year. But now to hear that he's kind of taken all that momentum from last year that he built in situational pass rushing scenarios, and now he's built all that momentum from his workouts, and now he's showing it at training camp, I think you just can't help but be cautiously optimistic or even overly optimistic that Paul Granderson could be an intriguing pass rusher for the Saints, and that is important because remember, you're losing Trey Hendrickson, you got a couple of question marks at the defensive tackle position, you need your defensive end group to be fantastic, so whether that's Granderson, Cam Jordan, Caden Turner, um, whether it's Marcus Davenport, there are guys that need to step up, Granderson, absolutely one of them, and I think he is going to step up and have a pretty good year. Like if you told me that Granderson finishes the year with like seven and a half to eight sacks, I know that seems ambitious. I think that's a very attainable goal for a guy like Granderson because remember he's the type of player he can explode for two sacks in one game, two and a half sacks, three sacks. So I think Granderson a player to keep an eye on and someone who is shining so far in training camp. And my fourth one is someone who I think Saints fans didn't really give a fair chance from the beginning. And I said, you guys should be careful with the way we talk about him. It's Pete Warner. So far, Pete Warner's looked decent in coverage. He seems to be in the right place at the right time. And these are things that everyone who watched Pete Werner said he can do. But I know it wasn't the flashy linebacker that people wanted. It wasn't Jabril Cox. So because of that, Pete Werner kind of came in with an unfair expectation level and honestly just didn't get enough love, didn't get enough tension from the huda Nation. But he is someone who is improving day to day. And we'll see. I think he's going to be in the starting lineup week one. And even if the Saints do sign Quan Alexander, which is definitely a question mark for a lot of Saints fans, I don't think Quan would start. I don't know at any point because I think Pete Warner is the guy who they really want to start next to DeMario Davis. And while Quan can absolutely get on the field if he is signed, Pete Warner is going to continue ascending. And I think we're going to see a really, really solid football player for the Saints to come. Now, the last topic you'll see on your rundown, and something that I think is going to have such a big impact on the Saints team. It's Marshawn Lattimore, and Marshawn Lattimore, we all know it. We all know how frustrating he can be because when he's at the top of his game, he is a lockdown cornerback, and when he's not on top of his game, he's getting just beat, whether it's by Alan Lazard or Adam Thielen or Cooper Cup or really name any receiver, he can have a rough night, and it always comes down to... Does he have the right, right mindset when he doesn't play a wide receiver one? Or does he take every game differently depending on who the opponent is and who the quarterback is and who the wide receiver one is? Those are all valid question marks. But From what we're hearing, he is already off to a solid start to camp. You're talking about a player who did not get a long-term contract. You can bet your ass that Marshawn Lattimore wants to just have a break, not even breakout season because he's already a great player, but have a career year because not only does that help the Saints, That helps him. Financially speaking, career-wise, reputation-wise, that would help him break the bank for next offseason. And for the Saints, that is the ideal scenario. I know there is a a part of the Houdini Nation that's a little scared that, hey, what if Marshall Lattimore balls out and the Saints have to pay him more than they wanted to? Well, this is what I tell you. If Marshall Lattimore balls out, this Saints defense is going to be better than people expect. And the reason I say that is when you're looking for the best version of the Saints defense, whether it is – 2019 against the Cowboys or 2020 against the Buccaneers, and you're looking for the best version of this defense. It's one where Marshawn Lattimore's locking up the top wide receiver. I can't stress that enough. When you see the Saints have a dominant game on the scoreboard and they're really just clamping down on their opponents, it all starts with Marshawn Lattimore just taking out that number one option, and the rest just falls in line. It's a trickle-down effect. When you take out the number one option, it really just boggles everything down for the, the opposing offense, and that makes things simple for the Saints' defense. So, Marshawn Lattimore, he is someone who, if we're talking about that stock reference again, I'm buying all the Marshawn Lattimore stock. I think he's a player who's absolutely going to have a bounce-back year. I know the last couple of seasons haven't really lived up to the super high expectations that we set for a player who, let's be real, in his rookie year, he looked like the one of the best corners in the NFL, and we kind of thought, hey, year two. Okay, he'll be the best corner. Okay, not year two. Okay, year three. And we kind of sat there saying it over and over and over again, and it hasn't happened, but I think this is really the year I'm willing to just bang on the table nonstop and tell you that Marshall Lattimore is finally going to have that season where we see him be locked down I really think it's coming. All the updates out of camp have been positive, and you have to add the fact that he is in a contract year. There's no greater motivation, especially when we've seen the cornerback market be so lucrative. There are... There's a lot of dollars, millions of dollars on the table for Marshall Lattimore if he has a big year, whether it's the Saints, whether it's someone else, he will get paid if he plays extremely well in 2021. And your Saints will be a lot better. You know, if you're talking about the Saints being a ten, a nine and eight fringe team, and you're saying, man, I don't know if they can make the playoffs. If Lattimore's locked down Lattimore, that could win you an extra game. That's how important. That's how impactful number 23 is to the New Orleans Saints. But without further ado, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to thank you guys, as always, for listening to the show and leaving your comments. If you guys like the new format with the rundown, let me know when we keep that going here for Boot Crew Media. But that's going to do it for this edition of the show. If anything breaks, I'll be on later this week. If not, I will definitely be back on Monday for you guys. So stay tuned for more content in the very near future on the Straight Up, Saints podcast. To the Straight up Saints podcast.